Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. Welcome back to the Frankie Lee Podcast, and today I have an absolute another bald legend and we're sat in his new gym, the Macro Gym, you may know him, Mr. Macro Mike himself, Mike Kellett, welcome to the podcast. What's happening bro, thanks for having me, awesome to finally catch up, I know it's been a long time coming, um, but yeah, super pumped, super excited to share the journey and um, have a yarn and get, get amongst it. Mate, mate, thanks thanks for taking the time out of your day to, to do it, I really appreciate it. Look, I don't know if you remember, but I first met you five years ago in Anandos. So me and you have been in Australia now for six years, six years apiece? Yeah, six years, yep, yep. So I walked into Nando's one day, I've sat down for some chicken, I meet, I meet this other good looking ball bloke, we resonate. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously you've, you've gone on and, and done some epic stuff. I just want to give people a bit of a background into your story really. So. Obviously, when I, when I first met you, you were doing supplements out of a one-bedroom apartment in Circle on Cav. Yeah, no. exactly right. Yeah, so I was kind of part-time um, pub crawl salesman, so I was selling party tickets and surfers like by, by night, and then through the day I was hustling on, yeah, I guess laying the foundations of um, what today is macro make, so health food supplements, functional foods, um, and then, yeah, now macro gym. Mate, it's, and, and obviously you guys are watching this on YouTube right now, you'll see some of this equipment in the background and it's sensational, but what we're talking about before the podcast is if you just tried to start a gym day one, right, probably wouldn't have worked out as well as it has done for you. Yeah, exactly right, 100%. And I think like the, you know, the fact that we've put so much time and energy into creating a community obviously under the macro umbrella, you yeah. know, everybody that's a part of that macro mic family, customer base, you know, Instagram, um, Facebook group, all that kind of stuff is, is part of this community. And for me, like being so heavily involved in health and fitness, you know, spent like four years of my life as a personal trainer, you know, I never, I never was like thinking, oh, you know, one day I'd love to own a gym. But in the back of my mind, I'd be like, I always had ideas of creating like community spaces because as well, you know, going a bit deeper, spending three or four years of my life competing, and that's quite an antisocial thing to do. You know, you can't- As in bodybuilding. Bodybuilding, yeah, yeah fitness modeling, fit, physique, all that kind of stuff. But what people don't realize is like, you know, when you're competing, you can't socialize because you can't eat food like normal people, you can't drink alcohol like normal people. Yeah. And there wasn't really anything to do like, on an evening or on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, there was kind of nothing to do. And I'm like, this is, this sucks, you know, like this, you're, you're bloody hungry, you're, you're miserable because you're eating like no calories, you're cold because you're so bloody shredded. And so there's you got no body fat. And yeah, you got no body fat and there's not really anything to do. And I always thought, you know what, it'd be sick to like have a community space where like-minded people could like essentially hang out or, yeah. you know, interact that didn't involve getting wasted and, and drinking alcohol and all that kind of stuff. So I guess 
it kind of has resonated in the form of macro gym. Yeah. But I envisioned it of more like, yeah, a community space. And so that's exactly the place we've taken the gym. We're creating like a super community vibe, um, health food, uh, health club facility, you know, if you like. So more like a functional fitness facility, which has like a big emphasis on group training, social gatherings, um, and just, yeah, community vibes. And mate, that's obviously where you are now and, and everything here look, looks epic. Like, I know you're just getting ready to open up and after all this COVID stuff, I'm sure you're gonna be smashing it, getting people in here. But I wanna really deep, deep dive into, obviously like when you set up this supplement company, give me, give me the reason behind obviously going into supplements and everything like that, because I know there's a little bit of a personal thing there, why you went into it and everything like that. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, like me, um, like if we rewind, you know, four or five years ago, probably around the same time we met, um, I was obviously competing for various bodybuilding competitions and, um, you know, everyone has their battles when they're competing, everyone starts at different levels, but you know, I always felt like I had a bit of a unfair advantage being both gluten and dairy intolerant. So like, you know, typical supplements, whey protein, um, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Whereas for me, I could never have whey protein. I was gluten and dairy intolerant. So a lot of the kind of like, um, I guess like more snacky kind of foods, if you like, were all full of gluten, full of dairy. And like, there wasn't really anything on the market that was like allergy friendly and, you know, sort of still tasted good. Um, So for me, it was like, okay, let's, let's essentially, let's try and make some stuff for myself just to help with my competition prep so that I didn't have to eat, you know, protein and broccoli six times a day so it was let's let's make brownies let's make waffles pancakes and it kind of became this like daily challenge of what delicious tasty food can i fit into my macros for this day yeah and so i basically just had this instagram page macro mike and i used to just put up you know the usual bloody progress pictures of me bloody with my abs out looking like a bloody wanker but you know like (laughs) but you know there's a but also brownies and and exactly right so i was like yeah brownies blondies cookies pancakes all that kind of stuff you know looking back now i'm like what the hell was i thinking but that's how it started that's how it started you you can't exactly you can't look back and 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 judge how you started because you you, everything that you've done up until this point has brought you to this point right so like you can't over I, i remember watching it back in the day and i was thinking God, this boy can eat. Like, <laughs> <Legit>. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you're, you're literally. Oh man, doing, these stacks of pancakes it, it, like this big, yeah. drizzling on them, and all Dri- that. Kind dri- of like stuff. It, it was the peanut butter drizzle. There was chocolate sauce. Then there was strawberry cheesecake. Yeah, everything. Um, I can't remember all the other flavors. Like it's gone out of my head. There was some Rocky Road there. Yeah, in there. everything. Everything was in there. Like, and I thought to myself, how can you? How, like, when you're telling me back in the day, like it's like. There's only like 50 calories in this piece of brownie. I couldn't figure out how you'd got that piece of brownie down to 50 calories because when I'd got one of those from the service station, it was about 450 yeah, calories. Yeah, exactly right. So like, break, break, break that down. How did you go about formulating it yeah, to true. be able to, obviously, obviously now you've scaled and, mm. and you're in all the supermarkets and everything like that, but I want that initial formulation that's obviously took you this far, how did you go about getting it down like that? Yeah, I mean, I guess for, for, for me, it was, it was just trial and error. It was just basically, you know, I think I think the hardest thing that people maybe wouldn't understand that haven't gone through competing or something like that 
when you when you're in a state of starvation, which yeah. is kind of like when you comp prepping, right? Your body yeah. has been starved of nutrients. You're in a deficit for up to twenty six weeks. It's it's really hard to explain, but basically, your whole day consists around hoping that soon you can go to bed because you're exhausted and also when is your next meal and that's pretty much the only two things you think about you're like you're like how can i get through today without passing out or yeah. feeling like shit all day and when's my next meal coming so like your whole focus and you know like yeah pretty much your whole daily focus is around food so all you start to think about is like okay what can i fit in my macros today and if i have this instead of that and you know like nowadays because i'm not in a deficit i never think about food i never crave food i just eat you know like eat i eat my want. lunch i eat my dinner i have snacks here and there but when you're in a deficit for so long all you can think about is food so for me it was like all right well i'm gonna try and take this brownie or this pancake stack or this waffle stack and i'm gonna try and like reverse engineer it and see what's in it and maybe try swap out this you know maybe if i swap the coconut oil in that for like almond milk it's it's going to help with the macronutrient balance and i guess that's how it all started it was just me um yeah testing things working on things and tweaking 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 and went from there at what point did you think to yourself do you know what i can turn this into a business yeah i reckon um probably probably when i got like you know maybe six months in and I'd sort of done a few competitions and people started like, people started noticing like, oh, this, you know, I guess I had a bit of a name in the community has been like the brownie boy or the guy that was eating pancakes and everyone kind of knew me as Macro Mike. Even when I competed, they'd sort of like shout Macro Mike when I came on stage. So I guess yeah. I had this kind of like- You'd do um, a brand Reputation, yeah. yeah, I had this reputation slash I'd turned myself into a, a brand, brand if you yeah. like. And then <clears throat> I guess, people then started messaging me on social media and and you know emailing whatever like just kind of resonating saying hey look i'm i'm over eating chicken and broccoli i don't want to eat that anymore how how do you do what you do like how are you getting shredded for comps whilst eating brownies and pancakes and then i i think i just threw together some because you know i i knew like deep down that i was never gonna make a scalable business by making products for people so like you yeah. know physically yeah. mixing up brownies and making them yeah. and also you know shelf life transportation all that kind of stuff so i was like okay maybe there's a way that i can make like a dry mix yeah and then that dry mix could be sent anywhere in the world and people could just add water to it boom mix it up makes brownies done and i guess that's when i sort of realized you know what this is this is potentially a business idea so I, I threw together some concept mixes put them out on social media and and then you know it just went bloody snowball from there and so after you've done that you got it out on social media you start you set yourself up in a shopify store option no very oh man it's it's funny you know because like all the stuff i've learned along the way you know macro mike three and a half years later now if i knew what i knew now you know, we could we could scale another macro mic in say twelve months, but didn't even have a website. But people used to like message me on Instagram saying, Hey, I want to buy this product. I had this invoice software. I used to send them an invoice by email, yeah. which had like a credit card link on it, and then they'd basically pay me. So they, they didn't know who the hell I was. Yeah. They didn't I didn't have a website, no credibility, nothing. They were just like, Oh, it's this guy on Instagram. I'm just gonna buy into what he's selling. 
Because, but they could obviously see it was your passion. Yeah, they could see it was my yeah. passion, right? And then they'd pay on their credit card. I'd send them an email saying, hey, you know, thanks for doing this. We're going to launch this. So this was all pre-order. This was kind of before yeah, we yeah. officially launched. And then January 17, we had about 100 pre-orders. Um, and I spent like, you know, the whole of bloody New Year making up brownies and packing up orders and shit. And then boom, 1st of January, sent them all out. And, and that was it. And that was all Drymix? All Drymix, yeah. And, and didn't have a website. But this this is great for people to hear because obviously hundred like, percent, man. You lot, don't need a fancy Shopify uh, website. Like, you yeah, just, yeah, if yeah. you've got an idea and you've got a passion, boom, just make it happen. Like, I, I've always been in the mindset that like, like I don't overcomplicate stuff. I'm not like one of those people that are like, oh, I can't do that because I don't have the best website. I don't have the best SEO. I don't have the best ads running. It's like just you know you just start bro just do it start, and start and, now and figure out how to do it later yeah. and that's been three three and a half years of just making the decision just just say yes and just commit to it and then figure out how to do it so then you so then you've sold this way for how many months after you started doing that obviously? so probably we got our first website probably in like i don't know january february of 17 and that was just a bloody shit um like oh, WordPress with yeah. WooCommerce type I thing. don't think it was even WordPress. It was something worse than that. Like, But anyway, we went through one terrible website. Then we got a WordPress website, which again was terrible, you know, to the point where we'd run a sale and there'd be like 100 people on the website and then it would fry the servers. The whole website would go down. Yeah. Everything was screwed. And then we, we basically didn't have a website for 24 hours. So we finally was like, all right, enough's enough. What are other brands using? Shopify, yeah. yeah. And, and this was, and then probably about 18 months ago, we, we dived it. So even only 18 months ago, you know, yeah. like we finally went to Shopify. And then uh, about- only, You only went to Shopify 18 months yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah, we were still WordPressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have even been 16 months. It wasn't even that long ago. Really? Right? Yeah, crazy. I, 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 I honestly thought you went from like these shitty websites and one page stuff all the way straight into no, Shopify no. about three years and, ago. And that's what I mean, bro. Like if we'd have, if we'd have like had the tools of, of like what we know now. And I guess that's kind of like we were talking earlier about, yeah. you know, my passion is helping small startups scale and, you know, I want to write like a book on yeah, um, yeah, yeah. startups and all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, a lot of people just don't have the tools and there's not a textbook where you can go and be like, all right, how do I start a business, right? There's nothing yeah, yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. So like for me, I didn't know what Shopify was. I thought WordPress was an easy way to run a website. My yeah. partner, Laura, who's very tech savvy, she was like, oh, I know how to do WordPress. We'll build a WordPress website. Yeah. And we were just hustling on it. And then, yeah, it wasn't until like about 12 months ago that we transitioned from Shopify to Shopify Plus, which right. is so like the next level. The explain explain so, the difference. So they, they basically market Shopify Plus for businesses turning over a million dollars plus in revenue. Yeah. And the only difference is there's a lot of customization that you can do right. for like the car and the back end and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. still the same product, but it's just for like businesses that can spend a bit more. You know, obviously yeah. it's like it's like four grand a month, so you pay a lot more for it. Yeah. But you know, they, they reckon you have to be turning over at least a mil to get the value out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went on to Shopify Plus. We we built all like like our bundles and um product categories and all that kind of stuff through Shopify Plus. And then we're finally now about 18 months later looking to get, I guess, a V2 version of our Shopify website. So we're just right. in talks with a web developer to make it even, even better. better. Yeah. So you get an outside developer who's, who specializes in building Shopify to build it out even better. And exactly right, yeah. So it's the same same guys who do all our like ad accounts and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. they're like, a, a, I guess, like a digital agency. design agency. Yeah, yeah they yeah. also do web development. 
So they've just quoted up that, you know, and it's not that there's anything wrong with our website, but it's that constant want to improve and take it to the next level. And it's like, yeah, like it works, but is it going to work when our revenue goes from, you know, this to this? Like we, we want it to be sort of like a website that we can have for the next five years. So yeah, yeah, yeah. to get it to scale there, we have to take it to the next level. So are you looking to scale to like eight figures in the next five years? Yeah, hundred percent, man, for sure. So, yeah. um, you know, we, we set some pretty big goals. Like, it's it's funny talking about numbers because, you know, like myself as a, a an entrepreneur, and you know, this goes back to me being a 12-year-old selling bloody, like, Coke polo shirts and Coke cans and all that kind of stuff at school. Which you yeah, have just, to do in Just hustling, yeah, everyone's hustling, that. right? In it, for, for those of you that have been lucky enough to be born in Australia where we, we're obviously doing this podcast, and for those of you in other parts of the world that are probably more affluent than where we're from like people don't understand how when you're born in England you have to hustle to earn a few quid because your pocket money if, if you're lucky enough to have pocket money might only be a pound a week exactly right like I see kids here getting 200, 300, 400 thousand dollar allowance a week yeah mate. like have you ever seen that in the UK? No, no way. And, and not just that, you know, like new cars and new iPhones and that. And, and you know, we're, we're not sat here like saying, oh, woe is us. But I think it's definitely, you know, when, when you grow up in a hustle mentality, it, it gives you a bit more like drive in that. Yeah. And, and I think if anything, it can almost be a, a disadvantage to grow up in quite a privileged um, yeah. Yeah, I see that. sort of like environment. And again, that's not us two sat here like, we're not ragging it out. Nah, no, 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 man, we're not, 100%. We're not, look, you know. I, I fully under... I've, look, I would have loved to... The, the gym I go to, right? My, yeah. The gym, yeah? I go in there. There's 20-year-olds turn up, turn up in, like, AMG sports yeah. cars, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. At 20 years old, I would have loved to be able to have those cars and have this stuff, but I, I don't think that it would have done me much of a favour, nah, to be it, honest. If anything, I, I'm, I'm sort of, like, grateful for the fact that I went through so much you know adversity and so much difficult like had such a difficult start to my life that you build that resilience right and it's like because at the end of the day uh, i i describe like running a business as like being on a bucking bronco it's basically like who can bloody hold on for the longest without getting thrown off or jumping inside a bloody washing machine you know that's what it feels like it's just so up and down and i think like going through all that shit like early on in your life it's like, well, you've dealt with that. And it's like, if you can get through that, then running a business is a piece of cake. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I definitely think, um, yeah, you know, there's obviously pros and cons to it. You know, if you've got money, it's easier to start a business. But if you don't truly know the value of money and you've never had money, and I guess that goes back to what we were talking about before. Like, you know, my long-term goal was, you know, like just to turn over a million dollars. That was that was the goal of the business. You know, yeah. if anyone said, "Hey, what's your what's your financial goal?" Because yeah. for me, it's never been about the money. You know, like, and I guess that's why I was naive to be like, "Oh, hey, I just want to turn over a million dollars," which but, is an arbitrary goal that most people have, isn't exactly it? Exactly right. It's like seven figures, right? Yeah, Everyone yeah. wants to hit it, but for me, it was never that. Was never really the goal that I liked talking about. If people wanted to talk about money, yes, yeah, wait, I'd say that. But for me, it was like, I want to create like an impact and make a difference in an industry. And I feel like, you know, in 10 years time, if I can look back and look at the health food space and look at the health food industry and the free from industry and and the diet and supplement industry and be like, 
you know what, those products are now here because Macromike laid the foundations for that. Yeah. And and like the or even, you know, maybe the most innovation in those industries was between twenty seventeen and twenty twenty two when Macromike was running the business, you know? Yeah. And, and if I can look back in ten years and say I had a positive impact on that, that to me is worth like a lot more than any revenue we can turn over. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the goal of the business was to get, yeah, a disruptor, right? And that's what I like to kind of call myself. We we call it an industry wobbler. So it's just somebody that kind of comes and shakes up the industry. Shakes it up. And it was very stagnant for a number of years. And I feel like we've come in and, you know, we've had a direct impact on making companies up their game because... The Australian supplement industry, when I came here, was literally like people white labeling whey protein and sticking it in a tub in a black tub with the, and then putting their label on it. Exactly there's a lot right. of brands in, there's a brand in the Gold Coast that does it. Yeah. Like, it's just very boring. And it's all made that by the same manufacturers too. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, it's just turnkey solution. It's like, hey, I've got a bit of cash. Can you make me a protein? Oh, yeah, cool. We'll make you a caramel. It's the same as caramel from bloody Joe, Jack, yeah. bloody Jamie, you know, anyone else. Um, but, you know, to answer your question again, yeah, look, we, we probably will turn over eight figures um, you know, definitely in the next 12 months, we'll be hitting that yeah, 10 yeah, mil yeah, revenue. Yeah, yeah. Like, if not more, you know, we're aiming for sort of that 15 mil revenue. But again, money is a byproduct of the time and energy that you put into the business. And it's purely the fuel to kind of like run the business, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it's yeah. like the end goal isn't, okay, cool, we want to turn over this amount of money. Having that amount of revenue enables us to drop new products to research innovation and to have an amazing kick-ass team that are just kicking goals but revenue is never the end goal for us it's like okay we want to make an impact make a difference and have a kick-ass team and that's kind of the the mindset and the goal of the business if that makes sense so out of that revenue right percentage wise what would you put into research of new products and man we we easily drop like you know if we were turning over 15 mil at least seven figures of that so at least a million dollars would be in research and development of new product and is that like have you got like scientists yeah exactly right so we've got we've got a food scientist who works for us we've got a food tech and then obviously myself who is head of new product development yeah um there's a really for anyone out there in in supplements and you know interested in that or in like r&d um there's a really cool government incentive which is called the r&d tax refund yeah and basically what happens is anything that you're doing that's new and novel in terms of research and development you get a tax break on it they'll give you a tax relief yeah so you know it's not free money but like the more you kind of spend the more they'll fund so we obviously funnel money into that which is great you know it helps yeah fantastic and it helps grow the business and also like they're doing it because they want people innovating right yeah well this country is needs innovation exactly because we're a small population from massive landmass yeah you know, if, it's, if there's no innovation, it's got nothing in it. Exactly. You know, because we're, ne- we're never going to be manufacturers of, of like, like the Chinese. We're never, yeah, exactly right. You, do you know what I'm saying? You need something. But like, what is, I mean, I don't know if you can give me any products, but like, what is something you're really trying to innovate right now? Like, which part of the supplement industry are you trying to go after? Like, yeah, give, for sure. Give, so give I, us a bit of knowledge on that. I think like, you know, we, we kind of spent a lot of, a lot of time re-engineering like plant-based protein right that was kind of our key driver like obviously we had the brownies the blondies the peanut butter all that kind of stuff but they were kind of these like you know just 
dabble products. They're kind of like you buy them, you buy them for a bit of fun, and then they're not like a staple item. Yeah, yeah. And once we released like a plant-based protein, I think we saw the power in like that sort of subscription-style model. So like, yeah, yeah. If you if you have a protein, you're pretty much a customer for life, right? Because yeah. If you drink protein, you're never just going to stop drinking protein one day. Yeah, it becomes yeah, yeah, yeah. part of your day. You have it after you work out. You have it in your morning smoothie. You have it at night before bed. So, like, once we started getting a product out there, like the plant-based protein, we found that our return customer rate was just, like, it just grew astronomically. And, you know, we've spent kind of two years riding that wave of us innovating and pushing the plant-based um, market. But definitely in those two years, there's been a lot of people that have come on board and up their game, you know, yeah. and they've kind of like taken bits and pieces from what we're doing, you know, like there's, there's no secrets in supplements. You can see what's on the label, you can yeah, recreate yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's been a few like copycats out there or people that have sort of tweaked it here and there and you know, like the the standard of the industry has raised. That's a compliment though. Yeah, bro, 100%. And they're, that goes back cop- to- If they're copying you and they're bigger than you, Revenue-wise, yeah. at the moment, yeah, that tells you that they're worried about what you're 100%. doing. So and that goes back to the the fact that we're having an impact on the industry, right? And we're having a positive shift on the industry. And if you've released it and they're copying something that you've released, that tells me that they're twelve months behind what they 100%. don't know that you've got in the bank. Exactly, bro. You know, and that's that's a great place for you to be. Give me a bit of an insight though into uh, uh, look. I'll tell you what happened to me. Right, I walked into Coles one day and uh, Woolworths actually walked into Woolworths and macro mics now on the end stand of a full bay in Woolworths so I thought I know the guy that set this up so I just grabbed I grabbed that peanut butter you know that peanut yeah, butter yeah peanut butter jar yeah the peanut butter jar the, like you put a spoonful of yeah, yeah. yogurt at the time the yogurt tasted crap so I was just putting I went and bought four of them because I thought the faster we clear this shelf off the, yeah, more, the more they reorder the, right? the more they reorder right you just you literally just been packed out that morning for, for the people at home listening Give us an insight into how you negotiate going from being an online brand mm. into a supermarket chain because I, I imagine there's quite a little bit of a, a process in that. Yeah, for sure, man. And like you know, there's a couple of ways to do it, and um, the, something something resonated with me like like way back. And do you know Quest Bars? Yeah, the Love protein it. bar. Yeah, like yeah. everyone knows Quest Tom, Bar, right? What's his name? Um, the guy. He's a really good guy. The guy that created Quest. He does a podcast. I listened to him. Yeah, yeah. The, are you right, man? I can't remember his name. Tom, but he, Tom? Is his name Tom? Yeah, maybe Tom. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Quest or Bar, Tim. right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So <clears throat> the Quest Bar, like this, this someone told me this and it just blew my mind, right? So Quest Bar is everywhere. Like I lived in America. Yeah. Every store in America, every IGA in Australia, every supermarket, you know, they're bloody everywhere. You can yeah, yeah, find yeah, Quest yeah, Bars yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Quest Bar never even once went to a store or a supermarket and said, hey, you should stock our Quest Bars. Right. They went to them. Right, so, okay. the, so like all the supermarkets, all the distributors, all the health food So they chain. attracted it yeah. into their life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and that's kind of something that, that, that's something that's very powerful, right? And it's something that is, I guess, goes back to being a complement of your products. Yeah. And we're the same. Like we've, we've never like hard sold the Macromite range. So we're in probably... I oh, know close to 1500 stores in Australia very big presence in New Zealand from a New Zealand distributor and soon very big presence in Europe through a UK and European distributor 
Congratulations, and man. Thanks, bro. Yeah, it's you know, it's super exciting even talking about it. It's yeah. like, yeah, I was gonna ask I was gonna ask real. I was gonna ask you if you're in the UK yet. Like, yeah, bro, it's I, happening, it's in the it's in the pipelines. Um but we've never had like a diehard cold call, you know, sales rep, salesy, People, sleazy yeah, salesperson yeah. being like, hey, stock macro, Mike, because it's the best brand in the world, you know, yeah, which yeah. is like what every other supplement company is doing. But instead, we actually leveraged our products and our community to help grow our wholesale side of the business. So right. we ran a campaign where we put flyers in all the online orders and it was like a, a flyer which had like... Um, it was, it was sort of like something along the lines, it was quite a while ago when we did it, it said, give this flyer to your local health food store owner and tell him he needs to stock your favorite brand, Macro Mike, here's our contact details That's if genius. they want to order. That's genius. Genius, right? And, and, and it's then, so old school, man. So old school, yeah. It's like direct marketing 101. <laughs> exactly. And That's the, Dan the, Kennedy's the power is, the power is like, you're already probably know the owner of that health food store because it's a local health food store yeah you might go in and say hey johnny at johnny's health food yeah like i order this really cool brand macro mic from their website yeah it would be awesome if you could stock them and i'll buy it from you so they actually like have like a direct like oh i should actually stock this because then i'm gonna make sales yeah so we then just organically got all these bloody inquiries through hey um bloody Susan from my health food store, Johnny's Health Foods, said I should stock your products. And Amazing. boom, we just started getting all these wholesale accounts. And then, you know, we attracted the, we then attracted the, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, I don't know, we had the attraction from distributors and stuff like that, that then wanted a piece of the pie and they'd obviously seen us in a lot of health food stores and stuff like that. And then, you know, a distributor kind of works in the way that, you'd send, say, a container or six pallets through to a distributor. They'd then send it to, say, a thousand health food stores and they'd do all the warehousing and all that kind of stuff. So that's another way to sell product. So we started to attract distributors. But yeah, like, you know, the other day we got an email from, and this is completely organic, we got an email from the national category buyer of the health food aisle of Coles, right? Just. Hey Mike, how are you? Just thought I'd touch base. We're interested in running a trial of Macro Mike in Coles supermarkets. Are you free for a Skype call so we can discuss this? This is the person who is literally in charge of the health food aisle of every single Coles in Australia, just sending me an email. And then we just jumped on a Skype call today and she's, she's gonna trial the products in two of the busiest stores in Sydney and Melbourne to see if they're the right fit, you know? And, yeah. and that was just organic. like. That just that's, came that's, through to our website. It, it, I'm still, I'm still breaking down in my head that flyer play. Yeah, it's because cool, like. because so many people just go social media, go, you know, f Facebook ads, go Google ads, go email marketing, go everything else. You've put a flyer in existing customers' boxes of product mm. and said, you know what? If you love what we do, then help us get into your local food store for sure. And man. and it's just helped you go boom, boom, boom. Because I remember you getting in. You used to, get, your friend owns a tea store in Pack Fair. Yeah, um, uh, Ash T2. And I remember you, I remember he started stocking your products. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, 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 yeah. Like, because yeah. I remember this years ago. And I thought, it's good that you're just getting out there, you're going into a tea store, it's your mate's tea store, you know, he's now stocking your products, and then you were getting stocked in gyms. Yeah, bro. I, I, are you stocked in like all the Anytime Fitnesses now, or just I one think, or two? I, oh, so I think, I think Anytime hooked up with 
a company called Fit Nutrition Fix, which is one of right. our big wholesale accounts. And I'm pretty sure that they have like these man don't quote me on this but they have these little pop-up kiosks yeah. in every anytime fitness that you can order supplements through and your supplements so on that. indirectly we're in every anytime yeah, fitness but amazing. that's you know that's not included in all the stores that we're in that's just kind of like through fit nutrition fix um but yeah we we are in pretty much most of the gyms like you know all the world gyms we're in um most of the supplement store chains like you know asn nutrition warehouse supplement mart um elite sups uh, mass nutrition, you know, all these big supplement chains, and then a lot of like IGAs, food works, um, and then all your local health foods, like Johnny's Health Food Store down yeah, the road, yeah, you yeah. know, like, um, yeah. And when do you when, when do you think? Obviously, like the big play for you, I think, would be America, right? Mm. When's when do you reckon the position is going to come when you're going to go right? We're going to we're going we're going for this. <clears throat> I think like it's a tough one at the moment because I guess to give you an idea around the logistics so at the moment we import um a lot of ingredients from america to australia we manufacture them in australia so if we then sell those same products back to america they've basically come in a container we've paid for a yeah, container yeah, yeah, to australia so you've got to have you've got to have you, what you're saying is you've got to have manufacturing onshore 100 otherwise it's not worth exactly time. right man yeah. so it's it's kind of just like and, it, and again bro you know like no no rush like I think too too many people in business try and go grow too, big, too, too fast, fast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and you know there's a big coffee company I know that are having real bad growing pains at the moment because they tried to grow too fast um, just dominate the market you're in is what you're saying 100% bro and you know there's still there's still we're still not in every store in Australia we're still not known by every people you know I still bump into people and they say hey what do you do and I say oh I run a health food business Macro Mike and they're like oh that's cool but like there's still people that haven't heard about the brand. So it's like, there's still room here, right? And, and you know, there's heaps of room. And so what, what are you gonna do to be, in, to be on everyone's lips in Australia? I think just, just keep doing what we're doing, you know, keep building the community, keep obviously increasing um, marketing costs. You know, unfortunately, like we used to do a lot of trade shows and, and fitness yeah. expos and yeah. stuff like that. But unfortunately yeah, with, yeah, COVID, with COVID, you know, it's that. just, it's basically game over for that space. So, um, just the old school way, you know, like building the community, Facebook, Instagram, ads, Google, SEO, all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, the, a lot of our growth comes from innovation and, and um, circling back to, I think what we were saying before with, with the plant protein, we've kind of, we're not afraid to, to be like, hey, you know, this, this was an amazing product two years ago, but yeah. the industry has pivoted and moved and, on. And, we need to up our game and you know we're not afraid to like bring out v2 versions of stuff so like you look at our brownie mixes we've done a v2 version same with our blondie mixes and we've brought them from three years ago into now yeah and they're you know 100 times better than and, what they and were what's changed in those in in those it's mixes. just um improved ingredients improved formulations and i guess like you know like um more innovative ingredients that have become available you know, so it's just kind of like taking, it's not that they're any different, they still look the same, they still kind of like, you know, make up the same, yeah. but just the ingredients and the, um, I guess the quality of ingredients and the, um, the the unique products in there are a little bit different. Why have the ingredients got to come from America? Why couldn't they be more locally sourced? Or is, is, it, is it just because like the, 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 the top ingredients just can't be sourced? Yeah, here? well, I mean, when you look at, um, 
when you look at like for example peanut protein which is one yeah. of our key ingredients there's obviously peanuts that are grown in australia right okay but the specific ingredient we bring in is like a defatted like peanut protein right and it just doesn't exist in australia no one's done it like i've been to i've i've literally called up peanut farms and said hey we're going through 100 bloody tons of this ingredient in six months do you want to have a play at it and they're just not interested so yeah. it's a strange one man and same with same with um our almond protein which is in a lot of our new sort of premium new and improved products um you know a lot of the almonds come out of california they come out of america and there's not too many almond processing plants in australia and you know you've got to look at america as innovation you know they're they're so far ahead of everywhere else right so like you the trends that are in america in australia were sort of like three four years behind them so really yeah in terms of in terms of supplements and health foods and stuff yeah so like you know yes eventually those ingredients will probably be available in australia but right now they're kind of only available in america are you in the pre-workout space we have got a natural pre-workout yeah yeah what so we give me, give, give me a bit of information on we, this. so we you know we didn't want to like be a typical so i love pre-workout yeah look and and me <laughs> it's too my man. it's Bro, my favorite supplement i used to i used to take oh man all sorts of garbage when i was like a bloody avid 16, 17 year old bodybuilder just trying to get massive. You know, I was taking yeah. like Dorian Yates, Knox Pump, like all these, <laughs> oh man, it was, it was like trying to drink this stuff was just horrendous. It yeah. tasted like insane. Yeah. Do like, you remember Jack 3D? Yeah, Jack 3D, the one that got banned and shit. Mate, honestly, like you could knock kids clean out yeah. with Jack 3D. Game over. Because it. It, was, it was like MDM, what? Yeah, there was something in it. Something. There's some naughty substance yeah. in it. And, it, and, it, and um, the first time, anyone in boxing knew it was illegal was when uh, Dillian White yeah. got tested positive for it and he got banned. Ah, oh, that's crazy. And, and it was a pre-workout supplement. And, and he got like four, he got like two or four year ban for it. That's crazy. And, and for a young lad coming up, that's, that's a lot. Oh, bro, it's like your career gone. And Jack right? 3D was in every boxer's bag. I remember it. Like everyone crazy, was right? sparring on it, running on it. I went to Ibiza and I don't drink, smoke or do drugs, right? So I used to take free scoops of Jack 3D and I used to go into amnesia and I used to just jam Party, out, mate. Yeah, and yeah. I was the liveliest one there. Yeah. You, you put Jack 3D with ADHD yeah. and it's like, what? Yeah. Like me, just peel me right. off the wall. Yeah, yeah. So like, what? I want, I want Macro Mike to disrupt the, the, the pre Yeah, well look, bro. So, you know, we, we, we looked into trends of what was happening in the market and we looked into kind of like, you know, we, we started as a very much like snack and then protein, functional foods company. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we looked into like customers buying trends. And what we found was that, you know, like people were sort of, we were, we were um, gaining customers from say competitors yeah. that were coming over and drinking our protein. But then there was a buying habit for them to still be buying things like super greens and yeah, aminos yeah, 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 and yeah, pre-workout yeah. from their old, um, Supplement company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're trying to you're trying to you're trying to encapsulate all their needs within one brand. Right, exactly. So you know, like for for us, it was like, okay, well, look, we don't have to make you know, we we called it the performance range. So that's what yeah. we called it. So it's still a macromate product, but it's macromate. This is the presents. black bag stuff. No, nah, this is that's the premium protein. We'll we'll right. we'll talk about we'll that talk, a okay, bit. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. in a little bit. But the performance range, um, we kind of yeah, we sort of noticed that customers were buying protein with us but then still buying their pre-workout from you know their their old company and the danger 
the danger space there is if you're not fully cutting that like umbilical cord between uh, customers like buying habits yeah there's always like a temptation an out there's yeah an out. If, if say for example their old company they're topping up on pre-workout and they've brought out a new flavor of protein you're a bit over macromite because you've drank it every day for the last year you're like oh maybe i'll give them another try right so then you lose yeah. that customer so for us it was like okay let's basically cut all those ties even if it's not our best selling product if we can just make it so that we have an option for people, it's a win-win, right? So we put a lot of research and development into creating a natural pre-workout. Right. So it's a really cool product, highly recommend it. It's got no artificial caffeine in it. So the caffeine sources come from yerba mate, which is a tea, right? cola nut seed, which is like Coca-Cola, and um, I, think, I think guana, which is like a natural form yeah, of caffeine, right? Yeah, I think yeah. it's from like a plant or a tree or something. Yeah. Um, so we use natural caffeine. There's beta alanine in there, citrulline, malate. That's the stuff that makes you tingle. Yeah, tingly about, stuff, yeah. yeah. Citrulline, malate, um, arginine, uh, AAKG, which I can't pronounce, but it's a pretty cool ingredient. And I think L-tyrosine. So it's a, it's a really cool um, supplement. You don't get a crash off it. You know, it gets you in the zone. You've got a bit of a, a sort of like thermogenic profile from the yerba mate. So it's a pretty cool ingredient. So we launched the pre-workout a plant amino, which is like amino acids that taste good, and then a super greens, and that was our performance range. Right, so the, what flavors have you got this pre-workout? Bro, we just do it in one. And again, that was just yeah, no, because- There's nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah. What, what is the one flavor? It's mixed berry flavor, but yeah, which is which is, what, which is what everyone wants. Yeah, it's a bit of, there's a bit of cranberry in there, a bit of raspberry, you know, it tastes there, good. There's a, there's a lesson in what you've just said, and I wanna to touch upon it. You've said, we only do it in one flavor, and and I believe I don't know whether this is the truth or not. You can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but I believe you just made that super simple for people. Yeah, just bro, to super simple. It. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because pe people go and I think they have to have ten different yeah, flavors exactly. of the product, and they get too confused, and then they might not even buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we just kept it super simple. We got greens in an apple flavor, um, aminos in a mango flavor, and then the pre-workout in a berry flavor. Yeah. And you know, like if if you like it, you like it. If and if not, you don't, you don't. You don't like it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it's an option. Let's go on to these. Um, I've seen the premium bags on Instagram. Yeah. Like the, um, we're, we're not talking about drugs here, we're talking about protein. <laughs> <laughs> For all you at home, you, you filthy animals. But um, no, give me a bit of an insight into these, into this, because I've not tried this yet. Yeah, yeah. So the premium protein, I guess again, you know, circling back to what we were discussing before, um, to, you know, we've probably had our, our just standard plant protein now on the market for two, two and a half years, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, there's there's been a few people come along and I've tasted their products and I'm like, you know what? That's up there. It's like, it's, it's, coming, it's they're, getting, they're it's us. getting, it's they're definitely improving, us. right? Whereas before, when we first launched the protein, it was like, the, our protein was a 10, everything mm. else was like a three. Whereas mm. now it's like our protein still a 10, but everything else is maybe like a six, seven, creeping up to eight. So in the back of my head, I'm like, well, we can make this better. We can make yeah, another yeah, product. Yeah. We can make something even better that's going to take our product down to a seven and then this is going to be the new 10 and then everyone else will be like a three, a four and a five, right? So that was the thinking from yeah, my yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. Um, so looked at trends, looked at different types of products, you know, like obviously we were using peanut protein. So I'm thinking, well, maybe there's something like almond protein. Almond, or, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, exactly right. So I was looking at, and again, you know, as much as you, you can say what you want about America, 
a lot's happening in America. So I'm looking at, you know, different products coming out of America. And then I think I think our peanut supplier in Georgia actually connected me with a guy um, like who the, was, bro, all the connections, like, like right? The, yeah. You're like the peanut mafia. I'm like the nut mafia, yeah, 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 yeah don't yeah, mess yeah. with that. You yeah. know, we, we got all the distribution rights for all the ingredients in Australia and all that kind of stuff. But he, he reached out and he said, hey, Mike, I've got a guy who sells almond protein, <laughs> right? And this, and man, like, you know, you can talk to Laura about this. She, she You're does. sat there like this, yeah, raging. Bro. Yeah. Because you just want it, you just Dude, want, you just, so, want, you just want to connect. So he connected me. I got this email. I'm like, wow, I need to connect this guy. But I was like, I don't want to seem too keen. I was like, I've got to play it cool. You know, there's, here's the kind of backdoor yeah, sales yeah. mentality. I was yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. want him to think that I'm bloody, you know, biting his arm off. So I said, hey, bro, let's, um, let's jump on the phone and chat. And oh man, this guy can chat. I think like, probably four hours later in a, in a few different conversations basically we had samples of almond protein on the way from america yeah to australia we then basically spent a couple of months playing around with almond protein and dude it was just the game changer it was just like completely like next level you know like you you kind of think the our typical plant protein is smooth, creamy, nothing like typical vegan protein. Yeah, yeah. Sandy there's, there's, and there's chalky. One, and shit. There's one round. There's a there's a company around here that makes vegan protein. It tastes like gravel. Oh, bro. There's probably seven I can give you. Yeah, like yeah, just yeah, listing yeah. a few. Yeah. But you know that was kind of the and that goes back to that was the best of a what bad bunch. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, that, yeah. when we came to market, it was just either you have that, that, or that, and they all tasted like shit, mm, right? Mm. Um, so this was a bit of a light bulb moment for me when I was like, okay, so first of all, you've got almonds, which are not anaphylactic like peanuts. So you've got a new market of people because you know, there's a lot of people out there that are like, have nut allergies, yep. but it's a different nut allergy. There's tree nut allergies, which is like almonds, cashews, um, Brazil nuts, all that kind of shit. And then there's peanut allergies, which is anaphylactic. So, you know, you still get some people that are anaphylactic for tree nuts, yeah. but most people it's just like an intolerance rather than like a- Rather you know, than it's gonna kill you. Exactly right. So for us, and again, resonating with me, you know, being gluten and dairy intolerant, I really related to people that used to message me saying, hey, I really wanna try your products, but I can't have peanuts. And I'm like, oh man, that sucks because I know what it's like when you can't have gluten. And the whole and dairy. point you set this up was to give to people, people the, to give right. people the option 100%. of having these things. Exactly. So, so this is when you went obviously research development, boom. Exactly. So I, I was like, you know, and, and probably over the two years, you know, we had thousands of people hit us up saying, Hey, can you make a peanut free protein? And we could have done it, right? We could have just done a pea and rice protein like every other dog shit bloody vegan protein on the market that just tastes like what you said yeah, tastes yeah, yeah. like gravel tastes just like leave, just leave like sed like you know a sedament in your yeah, mouth yeah yeah like yeah. A, I don't know how to describe it you call it chalky but I, it's even worse than that like it's even worse than putting your mouth in the chalk bowl yeah it's pretty bad eh? so I guess you know that really resonated to me and then the almond stuff was like alright well if, if we can make a, an almond protein and even ditch the pea and rice protein completely. You know, almonds uh, higher in like vitamins, higher in amino acids, like, you know, almond milk is so smooth and creamy and you know, like it, it's the number one 
dairy replacement for milk and no one complains about how their almond latte tastes chalky no, I, it doesn't I, I have almond on, I yeah, have almond right. on all my cereal I don't drink much dairy it's better right it tastes better mm. and it tastes better in milkshakes and stuff so you know like this premium protein and this is not me just saying it like I'll go head to head with anyone that wants to you know give me some protein and say hey this is better than yours I'll take that on the chin all day I'm not afraid to like give you know like honest feedback to what's on the market and we actively try every product on the market like I'll do blind tests with all my staff I'll be like hey try this and not even tell them what it is and I'll get their honest feedback and they might even think it's a macro mic product so it's like for me this almond protein it is the smoothest creamiest like most delicious vegan plant-based protein but not just vegan and plant-based just protein in general like it shits on whey protein it shits on like collagen protein it shits on anything hydrolyzed because it legit tastes like a creamy milkshake yeah it's when you when you mix it up you like you're actually it's actually pleasurable to drink it it, it's unreal i've drank so many proteins and i've like they're not pleasurable no no you're you're gagging to get it down it's kind of like oh man like you don't mind paying a little bit more for a premium product when it's actually tastes good. Exactly and, right. And you're actually looking forward to having it after your workout rather than dreading the fact that you've got to chug down this mm. dirty little mix-up that someone's putting together in some backstreet estate wherever they're making it. Exactly. You know? and, and, you know, so we, we kind of toyed around with the almond protein. Once we had a good formulation, I was like, well, you know, We'll get, it's it's an expensive ingredient. It costs us four times as much to bring out the almond protein than peanut protein. Why is that? Because almonds take four times the land to right. grow the to same grow, amount to grow as peanuts. Kilos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. that's why it's four times yeah, as yeah, much. For sure, for sure. So it was a very expensive product. So I knew that it was going to be hard. Like, and and again, this comes back to us not being money driven. Yeah. Like, we make shitloads less margins on all our almond based products, but they're superior. And the taste is superior. So we just take it on the chin and we just take the hit on it because we're not money driven, all right? So for me, I was like, okay, this product is gonna be expensive. We need to justify the fact that it's obviously so much different to our normal protein. And also we need to justify its price point against everything else in the market. So I kind of looked at what we could do to, I guess, give it its premium title. So we included in the premium protein um, nootropics, which are like all brain boosters, adaptogens, which are to do with like stress and like adrenals, Um, probiotics, which is to do with gut health, B vitamins, which are actually sprouted from chemo, which is like a protein plant, Um, and vegan omega-3, which is sourced from algae rather than fish, right? So we've kind of created this premium protein where if anyone's taking nootropics, adaptogens, probiotics, B vitamins, and omega-3 as a vegan or plant-based person, they're all in this protein. All, all in it. So it's all in one, one price. For one price, yeah. And that's and I guess that's where we got the premium name from, the premium price tag from. But still, you know, it comes in at like only $10 more expensive than our current protein. What, what price are you retailing that at? I think the big bags um, run for $79.95. Which, you know, like compared to what's on the market, it's top end, but there's still plant-based proteins, pea and rice, that are selling for 80 bucks a kilo anyway. So it's like, it's not like we're selling it for 100, 120, you know, like Mickey Mouse numbers, but we just had to basically give people an option to be like, hey, this is our 
standard protein. But if, protein. You, if you want the best, you've got to pay for it. 100%. Bro. It's no different. And people, people spend more than that on a on like going out for a meal at a oh, crap restaurant. Uber Eats, whatever, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, Uber, and, Uber and, Eats, yeah, yeah, 40 bucks. And you know, you're going to get a 20 serve bag of premium protein. So that's 20 days worth of protein. You're going to get 20 days worth of your nootropics, 20 days worth of your adaptogens, all that kind of stuff as well. And you reckon once people have had this, they're, they're oh, not, there's they're, not. Yeah, there's, there's no nothing. way that they're gonna. There's there's no way that anyone's gonna drink this and then go back to anything else. Like even even me now, and I was a diehard peanut protein drinker since we released the premium protein, or since I had a bag of it off the production line a month ago. I haven't had anything else apart from the premium protein because it just tastes so good. It tastes good in smoothies, like you know um, smoothie bowls protein shakes like bacon all that kind of stuff like and if you think about um think about like almonds right like yeah. you've obviously got almond milk you've got almond flour you've got almond meal that's used in cakes and stuff so yeah. almonds as a whole they're just a superior you, ingredient i just imagine because it's a more a nicer product and because like even my mum cooks with almond stuff at home like it, it does open you up to an even broader demographic 100%. to of of not just fitness people but actually people that can that may want to supplement anyway, but not go to the gym. Like they just want to go walking, but they still want to supplement and have all these things in the supplements. Mm. And then and the packaging around it. I mean, I know people can't see packaging on the. We haven't got a bag here anyway, but like the packaging. When I looked at the quality of the packaging now compared to where you've come yeah, from, mate. Crazy, right? Like the the the. I can't describe how chalk and cheese it is. Yeah, it's wild. But but it, it's I love it because it just. It, it truly shows how you can really start at a clear bag in an apartment. I live in the same building you started, right? So I, it, you, you started in, in, in the similar apartment to what I live in now, which are not bad apartments, mm. by the way. But like clear bag, white label, to go to these beautifully designed with these characters on them. And that, like that you've, you're even creating some like cartoons that are gonna, I think are going to... Like I don't know what you call what was called the Cookie Monster or something. Yeah, Cookie yeah, Monster. Yeah, yeah. You got these, and they're going to be like a cartoon series on their own. In, yeah, I believe yeah. in the future. Yeah, I don't know whether you're going there with that, but like, yeah. mate, honestly, like it's, it's it's been totally totally meant to see that. Yeah, bro. And, and you know the premium packaging. We did like um, so many different prints on there. So like, and and you know we got a bit of stick. Like a couple of our um, distributors, wholesale accounts were kind of like, oh man, I think you've missed the eight ball on this. You know, like too left field, too different. And I'm like, you, if you're, you're telling us it. that we are too left field, we're doing you're right on field. another planet because like, we're the most left field brand in the supplement industry. So why can we not recreate the, the you know, the, the norm, right? So it's yeah. like, so for us, we wanted it to be different because we wanted people to be like, whoa, look at Macro Mike's new packaging. It's bloody so different. We, we wanted that, you know, yeah, we wanted yeah, yeah. people to talk about it. And, um, We've done Spot UV, which is like where the bag has shiny elements to yeah, it. We've done like gold foil for all the premium ingredients. Yeah, um, man, it looks it looks the business. So, what's next for like Macromike after after all the packaging stuff's been sorted? <clears throat> I think um, you know definitely innovation is is like at the forefront of where we sort of want to get to as a brand and and like constantly trying to push the boundaries of. Um, you know the natural plant-based world we're, we're always trying to like just innovate and and improve so you know we've got the premium i think the premium protein is gonna fan out to more of a premium range yeah. so we've got a pretty cool like probiotic nootropic 
hot chocolate, which is under the premium banner, which again, it's got some premium ingredients in it. Um, more of the snack range. So like the ready to eat stuff, like the cookie that we did was crazy. It's been going real well. So we're gonna do more flavors of that. Um, a ready to eat brownie and, and yeah, we'll just keep pushing it, seeing how far we can go. Well, one thing I've noticed that, that I resonate with a lot is the fact that you've, you've recruited other people into the business to do other stuff so that you can just focus on what you're passionate about, which is creating the products, right? 100%. Get, for, for the people at home listening and you know, there may be, uh, it may have just started a side hustle, they may be working in a business where they're just working on their own, like what, at what point do you reckon they're ready to start taking on staff? And what would be the first member of the team that you'd bring on as an, as an entrepreneur, just trying to push the boundaries, you know, you've pushed this business, bum, 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 bum. What's, what's the first person you get? Yeah, for sure. I think like, um, you know, good, good, good point you make about what point do you take on staff? Cause there's not really like a kind of linear at this time in the business you should take on staff it's more it's it's more like i think when you feel that your time could be better spent working on the business rather than in the business that's probably a good time to think okay i need to get somebody on board that can help with this and whether that to start with might just be like a pa that helps with social media um you know like uh integration of of ads and like all that kind of stuff someone that's just a bit of a sort of you know admin-y role all around the all around it yeah that can just hop in and kind of gets it would definitely be helpful but you know at the start there's nothing wrong with the you know there's there's i think it's something you touch on right it's like the the glamour of being an entrepreneur sometimes jades people and what i mean by that is like you shouldn't be afraid to pack orders. You shouldn't be afraid to like hustle on responding to comments on Instagram. You shouldn't be afraid to be replying to customer service emails. Like you're never above that. Like, you know, you, yeah. even though now- It's your brand. Yeah, bro, it's your brand, 100%. And even now, you know, like I'll personally respond to customers every now and again. I'll jump on the social medias every now and again. I'll put my face behind every product launch so there'll be a giveaway and it's me holding the product and it's like, hey guys, it's Mike, like this is my brand, this is my company. Thanks for always supporting us. Here's an awesome new product that we're putting out there. Yeah. And I think that's important, you know, like it's it's kind of like some people are a bit like, oh, I'm too cool to do that. I'm too cool to like pack orders. I'll just pay someone to do that. But it's like, man, you've got to hustle. You've got to do it and you've got to be a jack of all trades. But it's not, it's like, as a, I was, I was talking to this about one of my friends who has a, has a clothing line and it's like she gets involved with packing the orders because if she doesn't there's little things that people miss little intricacies like how you stick the label yeah. on the f- when you fold it how they fold the clothes handwritten uh, notes handwritten notes and all the the personality and all the personal touches that go into a brand a boutique brand and I'm, you're moving on from boutique, but it's still, I still think you put those touches inside your, thanks for your order, you 100%. know what I mean? And it, if those personal touches got missed, and, and they'd only get missed if you weren't packing at some days. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Because unless you step back in every now and again just to run your eye mm. over it, 
you know and I'm not saying it has to be like it could even just be once a month yeah exactly right but that once a month just keeps everyone accountable you know 100%. the managers because the managers can forget someone can forget and then next thing you know all that rapport that you've built by in this brand by sending that handwritten note that takes five minutes for a packer to do doesn't really cost you a lot mm. but it just gives that you know steps goes way beyond what anyone else is doing way beyond exactly. you know hi this is monica from the macromite team i just want to say thank you for ordering this protein exactly you know we've put a lot of time and effort into packing this for you sandra have a great day sandra gets that message and she's like oh do you know what i mean you just I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to go buy USN again. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know because I, mean? I don't get a handwritten note from USN. Because they don't so care. So true, bro. And and also like I think if you are an entrepreneur and you are you know like looking at a five year plan of having a team, I think it's almost insulting to your team to never have done those jobs. Like I like to think that every member of my team. I could jump in and do their job. Yeah. And also I've had Experience, hundreds yeah. of hours doing their job. So they're not sat there like, you know, if I say to them, hey, you know, awesome work last week, but I think yesterday you kind of just missed the eight ball a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's like, they, they can be like, oh, well, yeah, Mike might be right because Mike's done that. You know, he's, he's done that. He knows that role. Whereas if I was just saying, hey, you know, this maybe wasn't, on the money they'd be like well what do you know you've never done my role you know and it, you, you you gotta have staff that relate to you and, and respect yeah. you yeah and that's so important man so i think like you know to answer your question definitely there's a time for staff but there's also a time to hustle and there's a time to do multiple jobs and wear multiple hats and that's all part of the journey that's all part of the fun yeah, right yeah, it's yeah. like it's it's fun like getting involved in the business and seeing it grow and and, and then hand picking your team but definitely someone that can help with with admin tasks and just general every just day. Get, just getting the just getting them to free up your yeah, time, right? Just free up your time, free yeah. up your thinking space. Exactly right. You talked about five year plan. Do you, do you do you generally approach things with a five year plan? Have you always approached things with that? No, nah, because it's because I think just like having a business in general, like I've never thought about that far ahead, mm. and maybe I should be, but like I just never it never. It, I've pivoted 17 different yeah, ways exactly. before, before I get to the first year. Did you find the same? Or? Yeah, bro. I, I've, I'm like the most un, like conventional entrepreneur out there. You know, like I'm not one of these people that's like, all right, this is FY20, FY21 and FY22 target goals. Like that's not yeah. me. Like, yeah, we've got loose goals of where we want to get the business to. But like like you said man things happen things pivot like there's roadblocks you know and like and and i think like as long as you as long as you're kind of certain on where you want to get the business to which for us like i said before is is very much just been a disruptor and been an innovator yeah in the supplement industry it doesn't matter if that's like a five-year goal or a 10-year goal or a 20-year goal you know, like, I'd be lying if I sat here and said, hey, I've got another 10 years in the tank. Like, I definitely don't. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't have the mental energy and It'd be wasted energy, wouldn't it? Because yeah, the market's right. pivoted by then. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, you know, I've got other goals. Like, uh, you know, me, me and the missus want to start a family. You know, we want to, like, yeah. we want to step back from working all the time and have time. You know, like, I, I grew up with... Um, you know, my mum and dad got divorced when I was six. I had an alcoholic father who died when I was 12. So it's like, for me, 
and your, one, mom, and your mom was your true, your and, true and my mom who was my hero you know and like for me it was like my my biggest goal in life is to give my kids the best possible start to life um and that's not giving them money that's not been like here's a handout you don't have to work for it but it's having a loving mum and dad that aren't arguing that I'm not like you know seeing domestic violence all the time yeah, I'm yeah. not having to deal with parents death at a young age it's like yeah. grounded like um, grounded parents support love and obviously like a, a push in the right direction to help yeah. give them a leg up and that's really important to me how did how did you I want to I want to touch on your mum because I know she's a big uh, mate like there's no there's no doubt you you know how much I love my family yeah and I know yeah. you, I know you're the same like and I don't have any qualms saying that on this podcast mm. either but and uh, actually it brings a bit of a tear to me like talking about it but um like mate like how did you deal with obviously losing your mum while you you know you you you, you know you in another country you know what I'm saying yeah like, bro it was it was hard man like it was um you know like like there'd be no denying it's the hardest thing I've ever dealt with in my whole life and and there's there's no I could stand here and tell you I'm fine but you know there's no days I don't think, think about, about my mom and there's yeah. no days I don't resent what happened and you know like sort of say why me why my mom kind of thing but at the end of the day there's no point in kind of dwelling on it and she would not want to see me dwelling on it she'd be so proud of what you've achieved and she was bro you know she she was proud when when the business was like in its you know infancy yeah she used to bloody tell everyone at work like oh my son in australia runs this health and supplement business and one day I'll be a millionaire, da, 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 da. and she yeah. was she was so proud, man. You know, like even when we were bloody kids playing Monopoly, and I'd always win Monopoly, and she'd be like, "One day you're going to be successful," and you know, she'd always yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, me yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, bro, it was it was brutal. Like it 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 was brutal, but also in a funny way, it kind of was one of the pivotal points of Macro Mike because you know not to go in too much depth but I was I was driving to work and my brother called me and he said pull over I need to speak to you and you know he said look um mom's in hospital she's got a brain tumor she's got two weeks to live and and she was fine the day before I spoke to her on the phone you know what I mean and and yeah and like we'd just moved into a brand new warehouse at the time you know we kind of just had a couple of staff and I literally pulled all my staff into the office and I said guys I got to go back to the UK. My mom's dying. I don't know when I'm going to be back. And and I just said, look, guys, like I, I need you to just do me a solid mm. and just run the business for me. Like I'm going to be on my laptop. Look, the time difference is horrendous. Like bloody um, nine till five in Australia is like midnight till eight a.m. in the UK. So it's the worst for business because I'd wake up in the middle of the night and my staff would be like, oh, this 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 has happened. And I'd be like, well, I've been asleep for six hours. You know, I can't deal with it. But at the same time, it made them all step up. Yeah. And it made them all, like, sort of be accountable. And because they couldn't always ask me for help because I wasn't online and I wasn't available, they had to make they that had, decision. They had to go. They had to yeah, go. They had to, they had to do it. There was a lot of growth in that. Oh, huge, bro. And so, we, we ended up, you know, as ironic as it is, we ended up having our biggest ever month 
when I was overseas for four weeks, like looking after my mom, you know, and mm. like, and how crazy is that? I wasn't even there. And, and, you know, a couple of the guys, like one of my, one of my guys, Ben, I remember him saying to me, he's like, Mike, I don't know how the hell you did it. I don't know how the hell you kept us all going. I don't know how the hell you kept the business going, but I had no other option, man. Like yeah, I used yeah, to, yeah. I used to wake up. I remember I'd wake up at like seven in the morning and I think that at that point it was like the end of the day it was maybe like four o'clock and I'd just check in with the guys and say hey guys how'd you go today everything all good and then before bed at like say 10 11 p.m in the UK I'd just check in the guys would be starting and say hey guys you all set up for the day everything's all good here's all you here's all your blend sheets here's all your warehouse stuff like I'm going to be offline for the next six hours but if there's an emergency you know I'd bloody leave my phone on loud and they could call me and yeah. um, you know I was orchestrating like containers arriving from America and I was in the UK they were getting delivered to Australia like I was orchestrating like production all the blends being mixed like fuck it was hard man but yeah. you know like what else could I have done and and I'd put like I'd put a year and a half of blood sweat and tears into 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 starting macro mike and that was yeah. the hardest bit and yeah. it would have been unjustified for me to just throw the towel in and say hey no nah, my mom's dying I, i'm sorry guys i'm just closing the business down like fuck yeah, that yeah, i would have yeah. never done that yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. that's well, not in me a as a person to, to staff by then yeah you know? bro i had people that were counting on me that had families yeah. and stuff so yeah. you know as horrible as it was probably probably the business is the one thing that you know, has dragged me out of that hole and kept me going because now my mindset is, well, I'm doing this to make my mom proud. And, you know, that's why I get up every day and that's what I think about every day. You know, I think about like those last few days we spent with her, you know, like in the hospice, me and Laura were kind of walking around with her, you know, laughing and smiling. Laura and went that. back with you. Yeah, yeah so nice. she, she, she came, man, it was, it was crazy how it worked. We, we actually had like, my best friend was getting married and we were going to the UK like in three weeks time before my brother called me. Mm. It was just mad. Like it was mm. the craziest thing ever. Right? I hadn't been back to the UK for two years and my best mate was getting married. And then anyway, so I flew back early and then Laura was already coming over for that wedding. So mm. she came over and you know, that was the first time she'd ever met my mom. And we spent like mm. two, three days, um, St. Gemma's hospice in Leeds, like, you know, um, Probably Beautiful, when she was, man. oh, bro, probably when she was at her best, you know? And, mm. and that shit, like, me and Laura will cherish forever. Um, I think it was great that Laura got to meet you. Oh, game changer. And, you know, she, she yeah, bro, bro it's, it's a tough one, man. You know, there's, like, even my brother, like, my, my brother um, was having a baby, like, and so his partner, um, Sarah, was, was pregnant. And I remember, I remember my mom said, like, oh, Oh, this is this is hard to talk about, but I remember my mom said like, um, I don't know, I don't know if I'm gonna make it to see the birth, but I'm trying, and yeah. like, and that was like that was the resilience and the um, the like hard work and mentality that I've always grown up with, yeah, and like, she was a single parent working seven days a week. And we didn't have money, but you would have never known that we didn't have money. She did everything she could to make sure we had, you know, nice clothes to wear at school, like Christmases, birthday presents, all that kind of stuff. And like, she's a fighter, man. And there's, there's nothing that I could do 
like, you know, sort of like there's, there's nothing that could happen in my life now that would be harder to deal with what I've gone through. Yeah. And that's made me that how strong I am today. And that's, and that's everything that goes in with the business and the brand and, and, and getting everything out there. So, you know, it was definitely one of the biggest impacts I've had in the life, in my life, but also probably one of the biggest pivotal parts for the business as well. I think, I think like, I mean, this, mate, lose, losing a family member is, is not something you can, you can even put into words. I can't even, can't even comprehend it myself, especially knowing how hard it is to be away mm. from your family in England. And Laura, mm. just, just, mate, she's, I can see how pivotal she's been to you. Oh, oh, but, but, you know, there's, there's no denying that the business would be nothing without Laura. You know, she, she is just the absolute how, cement. How she helped, how she, bro, she's just the cement that holds it yeah. all together, bro. You yeah. know, like, I kind of got to, that feeling Yeah, well. man, down to like, she's just so selfless. You know, she, she would do anything to help me and even way back, you know, like, like, I, yeah, like I, you know, I've got my name on the product. I get to take all the glory for it. But like, there's so much shit that I hate doing. Like I hate doing admin. I hate filling in forms. I hate doing all the bloody tech stuff, you know? And, mm. and she'll, she'll just pump Blitz it out. out. She doesn't even, you know, I'll ask her to do something and it's just done. She doesn't say, oh, why, do you, why don't you do that? She just does it. She knows that I hate doing it, so she does it. Yeah. And like, she's so intelligent. It's like on another level, you know? She's like the... Far, far more clever than me, bro. You know what I mean? Like, how, like, how, how important is it? Do you think, like, or to have like a, a partner that actually really does get you and, and kind of, because I've always, mate, you know, I'm single, right? Mm. And I really struggle in Australia to, to, to meet the people that I really truly resonate with. Mm. Like, attraction is a great thing, but like that only goes so far, and. um for, especially for the entrepreneurial type thing when you're actually trying to achieve big shit it's really hard to get that person in it you know talk talk to me. give yeah, me some bro. advice mate oh, give man, me some fine. advice come bro, on I went, uh, you know, what's that saying you've got to kiss a few frogs before you find a bloody princess but yeah man like it was it was tough especially on the Gold Coast you know I went through some bloody riff raff to, um, <laughs> to find it's like you know trying to bloody fish for diamonds in the rough but um yeah, like you, you know, you touched on how important is it to have um, a partner, and whether that's a business partner or a life partner. But you know, like um, the the hardest thing when you are an entrepreneur is like you, it's never ending, man. You know, like you you can't just finish at five o'clock and you switch yeah, off. Yeah, it's yeah. never ending. You're getting emails, you're getting phone calls. There's always stuff to do, and it's yeah. like it, you're working eighty hours to get away from working forty hours yeah, for someone exactly, else. Exactly, man. Hundred percent. But, you know, you do it because you love it, right? Yeah. And, like, the biggest thing is there's no, like, um, there's no, like, resentment when I'm working. Like, she gets it. She gets the hustle. She gets it. She sees, like, when I've had a bad day and she understands why I might be in a bad mood because, like, something shit has happened or I've had to deal with some bullshit, you know? Like, she gets that. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, like, a lot of maybe partners that just have a job and they don't see all the entrepreneurial like journey and stuff 
Yeah. They wouldn't really understand. They'd be like, oh, why are you taking out on me? You know, it's not my fault you've had a bad day. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Laura just gets it, man. She yeah. understands. And it, and it's a game changer. But to give you some advice, bro, fuck, I don't know if I'm the right person to give you advice. Like, I think, you know, there's a big passage that I've got in the, um, in the Macromag HQ. And it says, it's, I'll send you it, it's amazing, man. It's something that I've always read and, and get all the new guys that start to read. And it says like, you know, this is your life. Do what you love, you know, da 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 da. Um, and I think it says, if you're looking for the love of your life, stop and do what you love and attract you'll find the right person so yeah. you know for you bro whether that's whether that's podcasting whether that's like you know building relationships whether that's like hustling on what you're doing like you know side projects all that kind of stuff like um just focus on doing what you're passionate about and what you love yeah and then you never know who you're gonna meet and you know yeah. you might just like attract someone and it might just happen but i think like i think trying to force it is like yeah, trying to push the worst shit uphill. Yeah. I, th I think i think i've I was guilty of that. I, I literally thought when you turned up in Australia, you got offered a blonde or a brunette yeah. at the airport. Yeah, 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 100%. <laughs> like on the movies, right? I thought, yeah, because I thought you just drop your English accent and automatically, there you go. Yeah. You just, you, you, it doesn't quite work like that, I'm afraid. But, um, but mate, it's, it's definitely uh, something that, you know, I think working on yourself more is what helps you attract the right thing yeah, into your life. Yeah, 100%. For sure, man. Give us, for, for the, Give us a like, give us like a few tips to people that are struggling that they they want to start but they haven't started. They think they need a glossy website. They think they need a ClickFunnels page. Really streamline for people at home how they can get on the road to achieving something that they actually want to do. Yeah, for sure. I think I think like the biggest one, man, and I think we we briefly spoke about this um, before the podcast. It's like. You know, you, you've got to start something because you're passionate about it and you've got to start something for the right reasons. And, and for me, I always say to people, like, if, if there was no financial gain from this side hustle or, you know, business journey that you're about to go on, like, would you still be motivated to keep pushing in five years' time? Yeah. And what I mean by that is like, you know, a lot of people think start a business, be an entrepreneur. I'm going to be a millionaire like in a year. How yeah. good is that going to be? I'm never going to have to work. You know, you see it all yeah. over bloody Social media. Instagram. It's like do my six week course and you'll never have to work again. All that fucking bullshit. Yeah. But the reality is like you're going to work more hours. You're going to be more stressed. You're going to have less time and you're going to make less money. That's the reality of at least the first two years of being an entrepreneur. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can't get through that shit, that mud, you know, at the start of it, um, then what's the point in even starting? Because you, you might as well just get a job and, and just make extra money. Just go bloody work stacking some shelves on a late night and get some penalty rates, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 so yeah. it's like you, you've got to do something that if, lights you up. Yeah, lights you up and that you could get out of bed for even if you didn't have any money. Because, you know, for the first two and a half years of Macro and Mike, uh, yeah first two and a half years like we didn't have any money we we were struggling to pay invoices we yeah. were like struggling to pay suppliers we were struggling to pay staff you know like no one knew that no one no one really On the outside people yeah, don't right. see that do they everyone thinks you're killing it but you know there's especially with an inventory heavy business where 
you're having to, and a manufacturing business, you're having to hold ingredients, products, and sometimes put products on credit accounts for, for like stores and stuff. Yeah. Your cash flow is just game over, you know? So even though you've got a lot of money in raw materials and product, the money in the bank doesn't quite match up with that. Yeah. So I think if someone's out there and you know, they're a bit on the fence, they're kind of like, oh, I've got this idea, but you know, it might make money, it might not. Like think, if the money was taken out of the equation, could you still do that? Could you still get up at 6 a.m. in two to three years and keep hustling? If not, then just keep waiting for that right opportunity and that right passion project. Because look, no disrespect to any entrepreneurs out there, but there's a lot of shit on the market and there's a lot of like side hustles that just kind of clog the market and they're just people trying to make a quick buck, right? Yeah. And that's nothing against anyone that's doing a side hustle just to make money. I obviously appreciate that, you know, like selling bloody hot dogs and Coke cans at school. I get that, you know, like some people just want to make money. That's fine. But if you want to create like a legacy and build a brand and, and build something that people are going to remember you for, it can't just be about money because if it is, it's just going to flow, fall flat on its face, you know? Yeah. What you've achieved that I've seen in the last five years mate unbelievable thanks bro unbelievable. I appreciate that man. I, I know for a fact that your mum will be proud of it I'm looking around this gym right now just thinking mate she's 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 smiling from like ear to ear mate because of what you've done yeah like, bro and, and that you know that goes through my head every day and um, you know I wish she was here to see it but she she, she knew had, she's she, seen it bro yeah she's, she's seen, seen it and she knew she knew that um, yeah she called me bloody crazy but she knew I was like you know, my head was in the right space and she knew that I was gonna be successful. So, yeah, man, no, it's, um, it's good. And I think I think today I've, I've converted you over to do the uh, Macro Mike Mindset podcast. Yeah, bro, no, I'm super keen. Like, you know, like we talked about, um, big passion of mine is, is helping small startups. So, you know, anyone listening that, that is um, passionate about something and does have a, a business idea, feel free to reach out. You know, I'm always happy to point people in the right direction. Like. Any any small side hustles that can take on the big boys, like I'm all for that. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a you love to see people win. That's yeah, good. Bro. Yeah, and normal people, right? And support your local business, like you know, but like if you've got a mate who's like put all the time and energy into starting a side hustle, and you can't even bloody support them mm. by like liking or sharing or tagging a photo or bloody yeah. buying some of their product, like you know, the amount of people that are like hey, can I have a discount code? And it's like, yeah, man, like you're my mate. I'm happy to give you a discount code. But like, do you ask Tammy Hembro for a discount code? Do you, you ask you, bloody, you, you said, know I mean? You said to me when we went on a break, you said to me about a free bag of supplement. What, yeah. did, I, what did I say to you? Yeah, bro, you said, nah, I want to support you. you I, know? And that's because we're I, on the same page. I, I, I said, you ain't giving me yeah. nothing for free. I don't want anything for free off you. You giving me your time as a friend mm. is enough, right? To do this podcast. Like, none of your true friends will ever ask you for discounts no, no and free way, shit. True friends. Yeah. True friends. People, when I went into that supermarket, Woolworths, and I saw your brand on the end of a, end of an aisle, I didn't need four, four tubs of peanut yeah, butter. But, you just but I just right? bought yeah. it because I wanted the shelf to have a dent in it. Yeah. There was like 12 on there. I bought four. It had only been up there an hour, mate. Yeah. Like, do you know what I'm saying? It's, you need, that's how people should support you. You're 100%. doing my podcast. 
it's come back round, but no one even realised it yeah. because you just give and you get back and you give and you get back and you give and you get back and that's how life works. Sure. People always trying to worry about capitalising on and making a little bit of money here and a bit of money there and screwing someone for a bit here and screwing someone. No, 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 don't work like that. Mm. You're not getting nowhere like that. It's just, it's just a, it's just a real stupid concept that's that's sold and pushed by all these twenty extra life inside three weeks. People, mm. Oh you know man, I mean? it's just all riffraff. And right? it's all, and it's all, it's all, it's, it's, it's not the products that these people sell and, and push and everything like that just doesn't answer the pain point of the person that's buying the product. Mm. You see what I'm saying? 100%. It just, and, and you're buying it for the wrong reason because all you're chasing from that moment is like you said, it's money and I've been guilty of it. Yeah, I've bro. been guilty oh, of it. Everyone is, right? I've bought, I, I remember when I first started a business, I, I bought courses to do other businesses and other side hustles and this, that and the other rather than just putting in my time and sticking with the one thing, mm. I've gone off and tried to do 17 different tangents just because I've, I've seen a shiny object, shiny this, shiny yeah. that. It, mate, staying on one path and just keep knocking on that door, which is what I'm doing with content removal now, yeah, exactly which is right. what you're doing with Macro Mike. Yeah, you've got a gym, but your gym's for your athletes. It's, for your, mm. it's, it's still in line with your brand. So you're bringing in multiple streams into your brand. So it's, it's just a whole different way of looking at things yeah 100% bro before we go tell people where they can follow you on socials yeah so um, jump on Instagram uh, macro Mike with a zero so M-A-C-R zero M-I-K-E uh, Facebook I think it's just forward slash macro Mike um, website macro and then yeah jump into like we said support local jump into your local health food store um, supplement store and come check out macro gym yeah. just off Cordon Drive behind Rebel Sports in Burley um, and we're going to have a retail store there as well which is pretty exciting and um, yeah come for a workout eat some protein bars and a get few, jacked a few of my mates own gyms so I'm going to try and get you in a few of my mates gyms as well yeah awesome and um, I look after a few people in the fitness industry so I'm going to talk to them about maybe having your products in their gym as well mate thank you again very much for your time here that if you want to follow me it's at Frankie J Lee on Instagram and that's Frankie with two E's at the end rather than IE and I'll put links in the show notes to Macro Mike and, and Mike's Instagram and everything like that He'll, he will be getting on I'll put a link to his podcast when he gets that going as well thank you guys for listening all this way if you've listened all this way please drop us a review on, on any of the platforms and again Mike thank you very much for your time and is there any any one word of wisdom that you want to drop just before we go? Um, I think just do what you love, man. Just just do what you love and, you know, hustle. Everyone's got to hustle. I know it's so ironic saying hustle, but, you know, you do. You have to work hard. Like, no one's going to give it to you, especially as, a, as an entrepreneur, you know. Like, don't be an entitled entrepreneur. Don't think that the world owes you something. Like, hustle, work for it. You know, like, you can sit there and say, oh, no, nah, this business has always had money. Like, Macro Mike started with $10,000, and we're on track to turn over $10 million in three years. You know, like, go figure. $10,000, we've never had investment from anyone. Just hard work and hustle. Mate, I, there's no better way to end that. Do you know there what I'm go. saying? Drop Look, the mic. Guys, that is, the, that is Mike dropping the mic. Peace out. <laughs> See you, gang. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee Podcast.